1: Hey, everybody. Welcome in to the BSN Buffs podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm. Uh, Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Today, Friday, is our last chance to talk about the Buffs football game against Arizona State at 8 o'clock Saturday night on the Pac-12 Network. Uh, The Buffs will be in Tempe, Arizona, and there is a lot to talk about um, over the course of this show about that football game, and uh, I'm excited to get to that. But first, I just want to go over a couple of things that have happened around Buffs athletics. Uh, First of all... Yesterday, uh, Colorado's soccer team played Northern Colorado, and the Buffs won, as they should. Uh, They won 4-0, and they they played a Big Sky Conference team. This is a game they should have won, and they looked as good as they should have doing it. Um, One thing that really surprised me, though was the way they scored. You know, they scored the four goals for nothing. And he, honestly, all of them, the keeper had a chance to save on the, the Northern Colorado side. And that's something different than what we are used to seeing watching this buff soccer team. You know, Taylor Korniak put two in. The first was off a set piece from f- less than five yards outside the box. Um just takes it just outside the wall. Hits it pretty much dead center in the goal, up by the crossbar, and the keeper can't get up to it. Uh, Taylor's second goal: she gets a head off of a cross, and it's like a teardrop header into the corner of the goal. So she like puts it up in the air, and it kind of hangs there, and then falls into the top corner. And the keeper got a hand on, and that's kind of how the game went. You know, the last goal of the day: the keeper dove, stopped, and it just rolled in. And when you see that, it kind of makes you appreciate what uh, J.J. Tompkins, the Buffs keeper, has been able to do this season. You know, it's easy to take strong play from a goalie uh, for granted just because you're so used to seeing somebody not make mistakes. And that's, that's what J.J. does is whenever there's a ball that's kind of coming her way, if it's coming toward her in her area, she's going to stop it. You never have to worry about that. She is so consistent. But then, obviously, she can make some plus plays to stop stop balls that other keepers can't stop. And, you know, that's something that you, you kind of have to see a keeper who doesn't do that to to appreciate it. You know, when, when you see the buffs just take a bunch of shots because they know that if they just pepper this keeper, she'll probably make a mistake or two, and a couple of those shots will get in. When, when you're playing a team with a strong keeper, like Colorado you have to you have to find good chances. you can't just keep putting the ball on net and hoping that one of them slips through you know you have to overpass you have to get a wide open look and it's just so many more chances for turnovers and uh that was just my one take uh, from watching that game yesterday. again, buff soccer incredible they're one loss this season. What are they now? Are they 7-1 now? I think 7-1 now. Uh, Maybe 6-1. 7-1. Let's go Um, 7-1. Was against the defending national championship... Or defending national champions on the road at Florida State. It's a tough, tough game to play and the rest didn't help them. You know, this is a very, very good soccer team. If you haven't had a chance to see them play yet, um, they're actually playing DU. And DU has been getting votes in the poll... Uh, I don't think they did this week, but they're one of those fringe top 25, top 35 teams, somewhere somewhere in that range. And uh, it's going to be a challenge for Colorado to beat this University of Denver team. They're playing at DU, like I said. Game's at 7.30 uh, Saturday night, uh, so like a half hour before kickoff of the football game. If you guys want, you could pull the football game up on your phone, go catch that game. Uh, as well have double sports and if I didn't have so many responsibilities of the football game that's definitely what I'd be doing. Um, also that's not the only thing going on with the Buffs this weekend. Uh, the volleyball team is hosting the Colorado Classic which is actually going on right now while I'm recording this. The first game UMBC versus Campbell but uh, the Buffs play Friday night, I guess. Uh, this will be posted. Maybe you'll get to this part in time to, like... I No, you're not going to make it to this game because of this podcast. Uh, Friday night at 7, the Buffs host Campbell. And then Saturday at noon, before the football game, they play UMBC. And uh, then they play Campbell at 7.30 Saturday night. That's another option. You want to go see this super talented young volleyball team that... uh. I mean, they're a roller coaster, but like a really fun roller coaster, not a roller coaster that's just going to be disappointing at the end of the year because you know that next season they're going to come back and be stronger just because of the returners that they will have that they don't have this year. Uh, Like I said, caught one of these games with Ryan and Allie and uh, my dad. It's an interesting crew, and it was a blast. I'm not going to be able to get to any of these, I don't think, but I really am upset that I won't be able to. You guys should definitely check them out if you get the chance. A couple other more football-related notes, not really news. Uh, If you guys listened to the draft podcast yesterday that uh, I hosted with Andre Simone, then you heard a little bit about the Bleacher Report story on LaVisca Chenault. Um, We don't have time on this podcast to plug every national story about LaVisca, just because there are so many because of how talented he is and how incredible his story is. Um, This was a good one. This is one I really enjoyed. Uh, Some insights in that story, you know, Mel Tucker saying that he's basically Julio Jones, but bigger. Was that Mel Tucker? That might have been a scout. But, I mean, great take right there. Great comp for uh, LaVisca. Uh, Apparently, LaVisca had to stop working out with the wide receivers because it took so long to change the plates on all the weights, and they weren't getting in as many reps in the weight room as they wanted to, so LaVisca now works out with the offensive line. Probably not super surprised to hear that, because we all know how big and how strong LaVisca is, but... I maybe I just missed that, or maybe that's some breaking news from the Bleacher Report story. Uh, impressive stuff, you know. Also in there, I think maybe I think it was Mel who said, you know, he is the fastest player on this football team, and I think we all knew that he was probably top five, you know, somewhere around there. But just one of those speedy guys may be able to just like outrun him. We knew that the combination of physicality and uh, speed and size like that. That was obviously like in terms of just overall athleticism, he had it. But for him to be a receiver lifting with the linemen and also potentially the fastest uh player on the team, that's just pretty incredible. And the Bleach Report story did a good job capturing that. Also had some stuff with a uh, KD in there because obviously grew up together. Check that out and the thing that i want to plug outside of psn more than anything more than that bleach report story is the the new episode of relentless which is what do you even call it almost like a documentary on buff's football it's uh it's it's kind of hard knock style not so much with the interviews not so much of the practice tape that kind of stuff but Similar in that it's just trying to give you an inside look into what is going on with the buffs. I think this is, yeah, this is the second episode. The first one kind of talked through camp a little bit. The second one, which dropped last night, Thursday night, I believe, um, they have, you know, video from Colorado State game, Nebraska game, and the Air Force game, uh, hearing how Mel Tucker kind of handled all of those various situations that he was thrown into um, you know, hear a clip of his speech at the Nebraska halftime, which is pretty incredible, you know, saying they've already given us all they have. We haven't even scratched the surface, just hyping guys up. And then they go out there and win. Uh, if you want to really live that game, then definitely check that out. Um, one note from that, that I really liked hearing, and it kind of hammers home a point that we've made often on this podcast. Apparently, in the lead up to the game on Pac-12 Network, uh, one of I, th- I think they one of the commentators said in the production meeting the day before with the coaches, um, he was so impressed and he said uh, Mel Tucker is a superstar in the making, which is something I don't know. I haven't used those words, but basically, I have no doubt that he is going to be one of the next big things in football coaching just because of who he is. And the other commentator agreed and said like, Oh, actually I was thinking the exact same thing. You know, we don't dig too deeply into the national perspective because that, I mean, there are 130 FBS football teams and you just can't pay attention to all of them. And that kind of hurts the outside takes a little bit, but It is always good to hear that there is that sort of narrative forming around the people who actually get to spend some time with Mel. Um, People who, you know, like I've said before, I see Mel every day and he's always impressive and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I'm so close to the situation that sometimes I have to like take a step back and be like, okay, is this totally like... Objective, or am I just like buying into the Kool Aid because I'm kind of just being indoctr- indoctrinated every morning up in Boulder? And so, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty clear headed in this one, but to hear a couple of outsiders came in, got to spend some time with Mel and came away with that take just backs up everything that I have kind of been saying about Mel and the future of this program um, going forward. So, I think that that's a pretty positive way to start today's show before we dig in more with the Arizona State talk. Try to figure out what these key matchups are going to be, what's going to really determine the outcome of this game. Um, Arizona State's an interesting team, and they're interesting for a bunch of reasons. Lots of freshmen starting, one of the best defenses in the country, at least so far in the season. And we are going to dig into that deeply after I tell you about uh, our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, You've heard us talk about Breckenridge Brewery all the time. If you listened to the draft pod with me and Andre yesterday, you got to hear us try the Colorado Core uh, live during this plug. And that is something that's different than most people's jobs. We don't, you know, most people don't just get beer shoved in their face in the middle of working. But that's one of the cool things that we get to do uh, here at BSN Denver. And Breckenridge Brewery really allows us to do it. You know, they stock us up and we really appreciate that because it's incredible beer. You know, I spent four years in college drinking mostly Coors Light. And I, I think I might have had it pretty good drinking Coors Light in college. Um, having this relationship with Breckenridge Brewery has been incredible. So much good beer. I've had a chance to try not all of them, but most of them at this point. And they're all better than the comparable beers that you could... Buy from other breweries. At least that's my take. You know, I'm not a huge IPA guy, but their IPA is something that I enjoy drinking. Uh, same thing about their vanilla porter. All this kind of stuff. It's it's the best of each kind of beer, which is really impressive to me that they really take the time and make each beer that good when they could kind of phone it in with one or two. Uh, got a chance to tour their facilities and hearing how they talk about, you know, it was right around the launch of the Strawberry Sky, hearing them talk about the effort that goes into making a beer like the Strawberry Sky, getting all of the flavors to line up, and you know, which ones are the strongest, which ones are just like the undertones. How do you get all of the flavors to stop at the same time? And actually with the Strawberry Sky, they wanted to do something different. They wanted you to not really be able to taste the strawberry, but then just for like a second, after like the rest of the tastes die down, just like a half second, there's just a tiny bit of strawberry and it disappears. You know, it's not overbearing. And the way they think about that stuff and then use science to actually make the beer, it's super cool. Um, love, love working with them. And if you guys haven't tried Breckenridge beers yet, go do it. Seriously. Uh, you can find them everywhere. You know, here I just walk over to King Supers. Um, Also Total Bev, I stop by Total Bev a lot on my way back to Denver from Boulder. Uh, Not a a concerning a lot, but just, you know, when I need to stock up. So much good beer. Check it out. And we appreciate you doing that. All right. Time to talk some football. That's what we're here for. Um, One note that I also missed, this isn't a huge one. But we are officially one week away from the first Buffs basketball practice of the season. And that's pretty exciting because they're going to be a great team. Practice starts next Friday, a week from today. And, I don't know, just makes you realize that it's kind of getting into fall and then winter. Summer is dying. Um, But there are more important things to talk about right now because tomorrow, Saturday night, the Buffs play... Arizona State, the Sun Devils, Herm Edwards' new baby. Um and to be honest, I don't know what to expect. You know, I've I've watched all the games. I've read a bunch of stories about this Arizona State team and it's it's tough to pin down what exactly this team is. at this point in the season um what's what you have to start with and we've we've talked about these two guys a little bit before and so we aren't going to do too much talking about them specifically but they're starting the true freshman quarterback Jaden Daniels and he's looked good you know he's a dual threat guy number five he uh He's fast. He seems like he has a good arm. He isn't making too many bad decisions, which is a a surprise for a quarterback as young as he is. You'd expect him to be making some mistakes. And, uh, you know, the future is bright for him. The question, though, is what is he right now? And... I'm I'm honestly more interested in what he will be at the end of this season. You know, how how many jumps can he take between now and the end of November? But that doesn't matter too much to the buffs. What matters is what he is um as of Saturday night. Here's what you need to know. Jaden Daniels has not thrown an interception through 3 games this season. Uh, 3 wins this season. More importantly, uh Arizona States 3-0. They've looked really good at times. They've looked bad at times. And I don't even know if that's how I'd put it. Because they've kind of just looked the exact same in each of their three games. But it it, it you know, looking like a, a solid football team when you're playing a big sky opponent is uh, is concerning while looking like a solid team when you're playing a ranked Michigan State squad is something totally different. And so it's easy to say that, you know, they've been up and down, but the truth is they're 3-0 and and coming off a big win and it's all really started with the defense, which has really helped Jaden Daniels. Um... Before we get into that defense, I want to talk just a little bit about, you know, Benjamin as well. The star running back ran for over 1600 yards last year. Um what I I went through it for the story I wrote like four questions before this game uh for on bsn denver.com. But basically he averaged 125 yards, over 125 yards per game last year. Through 3 games this year, he's averaged under 70 yards per game rushing um but he also averaged about 20 yards per game receiving last year and now he's up I think he's over hundred if I'm remembering remembering correctly and that's a huge shift that's much different than what he's been asked to do in the past um and you know he's explosive if you guys haven't checked out the highlight reel run from what was this that was this Saturday where he's jumping over defenders he's spinning around defenders he's throwing defenders aside it's incredible um do that because in one run you can really see everything that eno benjamin can do you know everything that he is summed up in one play which is you know it's reminiscent remember the beast quake run when uh marshawn lynch just made everybody look silly this isn't on that level but it's in that same vein where you're like, okay, there's like a 90% chance this guy tackles him, and he gets by, and then the same situation happens again, and somehow he gets by him, and gets by him, and gets by him, and he does this like five, six times, Um, that's who he is. He's shifty, he's strong, he's fast, he's pretty much everything you could ask for in a running back, and this year he's showing that he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Um... The reason he's been asked to catch the ball out of the backfield is not because this was some great idea from Herm Edwards, you know, trying to catch everybody off guard. This was out of necessity because this offensive line that lost two or three starters this year has not been nearly as good as it was last year. Uh, in 2018, I've said this before, but it was one of the best offensive lines in the country. There was reason to believe that they could just plug a couple of holes with highly recruited prospects and kind of just run it back. But that hasn't been the case. I think they might be starting... I think they're starting at least two true freshmen on this line. They have been using different combinations, uh, game to game within games, shifting people around, trying to figure out how they can make this work. You know, it's it's easy to complain about the offensive line play from Colorado so far, but it's been a step ahead of everything that has happened on that Arizona State line, and that's what makes you wonder. This, this is an offense that really isn't scoring that much. I th- what they, they had 10 points this week in the win over Michigan State, 16 points the week before in the win over either Portland State or Sacramento State. They're pretty much the same thing. Um, a big sky school, a bad big sky football team. Uh, hopefully you guys aren't big fans of theirs. But the point is there's... there isn't much going on with the offense. You know, it's a grind it out, don't turn the ball over, let the defense do their jobs type offense. What could really set this team up to be, you know, the second best team in the the Pac-12 South behind Utah, passing USC, in my mind, to take that role, um, you know, maybe even passing Utah, is if they can they can get something going offensively. Um, Because just not screwing things up and taking what you can get isn't going to be enough uh, all the way through the season. Like, you can't ride that through a 12-game season. And that will all start with the offensive line. As soon as you have Eno Benjamin running the ball 20 times a game, and averaging five, six yards per carry, he was average. I think he was averaging over six yards per carry last year. Behind that line of scrimmage, or behind that offensive line, he—that's when things take a huge step forward. That's when you get defenders to commit to the box and make things even easier for a true freshman quarterback who's been impressive. Is he one of the five best in the Pac-12 right now? I wouldn't put him up there, but you see the path. You see how he could get there. It's just growing and developing. Um, Maybe by the end of the season, maybe by bowl season. I don't know. But if he is going to take that step, it'd be so much easier if they can just get him consistent protection, let him pick running lanes when he wants to use them, not be forced outside the pocket, but be able to leave the pocket when he sees something worth running for. You know, it opens up the creativity. He's a guy who has handled this pressure well. Who's, I mean, basically somebody's, I don't even know what my comparison is here. I should have thought of a good analogy, but basically he's just reacting and reacting and reacting. And, you know, I, th- I promised we'd stop talking about that triple option, but it's that same thing where it's like, you know, the quarterback sees whatever the pitch read is committing to the running back. So he decides to keep it, you know, it's, he does this. So I will do this, that read and react. That's what Jaden Daniels has really been doing this season. It's, Oh, look, this guy beat the left guard and he's coming at me from the left side of the interior line of scrimmage. Here he comes. I better run to the right. You know, it's just those little decisions where it's like, Oh, pressure's coming from here. Better go this way. Pressure's coming from this way. Use this blocker. Um, and it, 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 it's it been almost robotic in that sense where it's just trying to get away from the guy who's charging him instead of letting him have multiple options and really exploit a defense. And that's what having a stronger offensive line could do for him. Um, That pretty much sums up the offense. Before we move on to this Arizona State defense, which is incredible, by the way, it's... You know, it's 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 still early. Michigan State missed some field goals. There's some of that kind of stuff. I'm not sure if I'm all the way bought in to this being the defense in the Pac twelve. Like I don't know that you could compare it to Utah, but you definitely can't be surprised if at the end of the year you can but there is one more guy on this offense that we need to talk about and that's Brandon Ayuk. He's a 6 foot 1, 206 pound receiver. Uh he's a senior. He you know, he was new there last year from the JUCO level and so far this year he's really been the guy. He's he's been who uh uh, Jaden Daniels feels most comfortable targeting, which makes sense. You know that's what you expect from a young quarterback. You know they they have a tendency to rely on those big receivers. You can think back to I don't know Dak Prescott having Des Bryant early on. That really helped him, and Des had one of his best years when. Uh, Dak was a rookie uh Tim Tebow having Demarius Thomas it's these big receivers that make things easy for quarterbacks and that's kind of been what Brandon Ayuk has served as for uh Jaden Daniels this season um the numbers aren't huge I think he's averaging four catches I think four five five catches in the or four catches in the first game four in the second five in the third um over 300 total receiving yards, a touchdown. He's he's the guy at receiver. Uh, behind him, there are a couple of options, but they kind of just rotate through. None of them has turned into that true number two threat. You know, I mean, like I was saying, over 300 yards for Ayuk. Um, I think I accidentally said over 100 yards per game for Benjamin receiving. Not true. Not true at all. Uh, he has over 100 receiving yards this year already after having fewer than 300. I think it was like 260 or something last year. So he's just on an incredible pace compared to what he was before. Not per game. That would be absurd. But uh, behind those two, no other receiver through three games has 100 receiving yards for Arizona State. Which is a problem for them for sure. And Part of the reason why... They haven't been able to put up points. You know, they had 30 in Week 1 against Kent State. I think 16 in Week 2 against Portland State, Sacramento State. Again, does not matter. They are the same wearing green, big sky, bad football team, states that aren't states. Um, And then 10 points against Michigan State this week. At some point, you have to think this offense will get it figured out because they do have the talented quarterback and they have the talented running back. Buffs fans just have to hope that it isn't this week. You know, the Buffs have had an issue giving up big plays, and that could continue. That could definitely continue. You know, Mel Tucker's frustrated. Uh, These coaches are frustrated. They're trying to find a way to limit those. Um, It's just... Might take some time... Because there are still times when guys don't know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And it isn't that they're confused and not asking. At least I I haven't heard that. It's just that there's a lot of complexities in the scheme, and they think that their job is one thing when their job is actually another. Um, At some point, you have to think that that will change. You know, Mel Tucker's run this defense in plenty of other places with no issues. Um, at least eventually, in the long term, no issues. And there's no reason to think that these kids at Colorado are not capable of picking up on what their jobs are. The question is just whether they figure it out this week or next week or for the bowl game or next season when you have people coming back with a year of experience in the scheme, teaching the younger guys. You know, we just don't know. Um... This week would be a good one though because this offense has shown that it can't consistently produce. You know, Eno Benjamin, I think I think that the I was talking about the beast quake like run, that was actually reception, I believe, uh 70 yards maybe, something like that. But you don't give those up to this team. They aren't going to push down the field. You know, that's not who they are. Um or at least not who they've proven to be so far. Limiting those big plays will stop this offense, and I'm comfortable in saying that. You know, there's a chance that this new combination of the offensive linemen, if they even keep the same one they finished last week with, will be ready to step up and hold back a front seven that hasn't been too impressive from Colorado. I doubt it. I really doubt that this is the week for that, and I kind of doubt it's the week that the Buffs stop giving up big plays either which is why i'm kind of leaning toward arizona state still to win this game but uh yeah i think that that's kind of what you need to know going into this matchup about this arizona state offense and we haven't really dug into matchups with this buffs defense but i'm just assuming that you know the buffs defense at this point you've seen what they are uh solid they have decent corners Decent safeties, decent linebackers, decent defensive line. Like across the board, I it's it's tough for me to say that they really have a strength or weakness on this team. You know, you know guys you thought would be huge for them. Uh, Nate Landman, Mustafa Johnson, probably the two two guys who you probably circled as these are the big pluses. You know Nate hasn't looked quite like himself last year. This will be a good chance for him this year to or this week to kind of change that narrative. Uh, getting through this defense or offensive line, getting some tackles for a loss, just pumping up those numbers because he put up incredible numbers last year. And I do think I mean he definitely has that in him again. It's just getting back into that rhythm. Mustafa Johnson, obviously three sacks. Uh, in the second half and overtime, yeah, second half and overtime of the Nebraska game really put him on the map. It's a little quiet outside of that, um, and it's kind of created this Buffs defense that is not super strong up front, in the middle, or deep, or in the outsides, or in the middle. You know, it's it's just pretty average, and they've blown a couple coverages. I do think that once they get this scheme figured out, they could be tough. You know, Mustafa said this week, if you take away the big plays we've given up, we've actually had some pretty good games. And I agree. It's just figuring out how to get rid of those. The injured Aaron Maddox will not help. Uh, love his game. Uh, the speed that he provides back there is important to this team. And Darian Rakestraw is next man up. Uh, actually lives with Aaron, which I think I've noted on here. I don't know if we care about that, but it's probably good to know that those two have talked through things. Um, yeah, that's a uh, those are kind of the question marks, and it's tough to say that there's any one matchup that will determine how this offense does. Because I mean, offensive line versus defensive line would be easy. Um, can the Buffs cover Ayuk? Um, can the Buffs linebackers or safeties or whoever they put out there to cover, you know, Benjamin, can they stop him from being a threat in the receiving game? Uh, are they going to have Davion Taylor, maybe mirror, uh, Jaden Daniels. Don't let him get loose. Um, Nate Landman, John Van Deest whoever, but I think that that's all stuff that you could have thought of by yourself, but I just went through and talked about it anyway. Um, it'll be a big week for both of these teams, seeing whether Colorado can stop the big plays, whether Arizona State can move the football, um, and I'm not so sure that either of those two things will happen. Um, before we talk about the next set of mashups, focusing on LaVisca Chenault, you know we love talking about LaVisca Chenault on this show, um... I'm really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Stravacraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. I just gave that the, uh, the Ohio State the, because this coffee deserves it. Uh, Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all-natural, and it is not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and it's tasty and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Um, Check it out for yourself today and you can receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Also, you guys have to head to Infinity Park the weekend of October 5th and 6th to check out the International Women's Rugby Sevens event and also delete delete eat delicious international food while listening to incredible bands. Infinity Park is the only US stop for this rugby series and teams from around the world are participating including the US, New Zealand, Canada, Japan, England, Ireland, Russia, Brazil, France, Fiji, Australia, and Spain, this series is crucial for athletes as they prepare for the 2020 Olympics. Guys, rugby is a physically demanding game of speed, endurance, and intensity with some of the world's most talented athletes. If you're a sports fan of any kind, you will be blown away and highly entertained watching these women compete. What's even better is you will be able to enjoy this with the entire family at an incredible price. Adult passes are only $20, and you can receive another $5 off when you use code BSN5. Uh, kids 12 and under are $10. Three and under are free for the entire weekend. Visit infinitypark at Glendale.com for all your information and to grab tickets. That's infinitypark at Glendale.com. All right. Uh, the Arizona State Defense. You know, this defense, we thought it'd be good. This isn't like a huge... Su- no, it's a huge surprise. Uh, we didn't think that they'd be this good. We thought that they had some talent, but they were young. Um, they had 28 freshmen play against Michigan State last week. 28. So you think, like, there are 22 starters on the field. Those guys all rotate out for what? One or, one guy, probably? Then you have special teams? having 28 freshmen playing a football game is it's honestly just too many. It's that's what it is. Um but that just kind of goes to show what this team is. You know, we talked about how on the offensive side, they have some young guys, uh quarterback first of all, but then along that offensive line and that's caused some problems. This defense though, the depth is kind of the key, I think I could say, Uh, probably the secondary key. The number one thing you need to know about this defense is that they're very versatile. They're very multiple. They give you so many different looks, and for young quarterbacks, that can be a problem. You hope that Steven Montez has gotten used to seeing things like this. He can diagnose it quickly, uh, get the play change, get the protection called out, and move on. This will be a test for him for sure. Uh, we talked about a little bit with uh, Lynn on Wednesday, Lynn Harrington of uh, Stay Alive and Power5.com on Wednesday. And, you know, he they're, they use a lot of th- different looks similar to, you know, like the double A gap look that, you know, the, the Broncos call it the NASCAR formation. Where it's basically just six guys lined up straight across the line of scrimmage, um, compared to five offensive linemen. And so then the offense has to make a decision: Are we keeping a tight end into block? Are we keeping a running back into block? Are we, uh, are we, just betting that one of these guys will drop into coverage? And it just makes it so hard to tell how many players are coming, where they're coming from, and it's difficult to diagnose. Uh, it takes a lot of thought pre-snap, trying to figure out how all these angles work. How how is somebody going to get open against this structure? Where's the quick gap? Where's my quick outlet? They bring all six, and we're not accounting for all six. You know, there's all of these problems that you aren't used to having to solve. Um, and that's not all Arizona State does. Like I said, very multiple. They'll give you so many different looks. They're over- overload one side. And when they put all these guys up the line of scrimmage, sometimes all six go, sometimes three go, and three drop back into coverage, and everything's blanketed. You know, it's just so hard to read. You hope now that with three games of film under the belt, something changes. Because this isn't a team that should have had to show too much against Kent State or against whichever of those two big-sky teams that they played. Sacramento State, Portland State, doesn't matter, um, against Michigan State though, yeah, you got to pull out everything you have, and, you know, there's a bunch of smart guys in the Buffs coaching staff, and hopefully they've figured out what most of these looks are, hopefully Arizona State's exposed everything, and that will give Colorado a big advantage, that's the hope, that's the hope, um, lots of blitzes, lots of exotic stuff. I didn't dig too deeply into this one like I did the triple option just because I don't think we could... I don't think any of us could really handle another week of that kind of football concept talk. We need a little break. We'll we'll get back to that here sometime soon just because it is interesting stuff. But, you know, for all the stuff the Air Force does creatively, offensively, Arizona State does similar stuff defensively. And... That's what you need to know going into this game. You know, we're, that's not all we're going to say, but that is what it all kind of builds off of. They rotate guys into all these different spots. They all have different strengths, different weaknesses. When you're playing this many players, it's tough to keep track of who does what well. You know, in in the NFL, when you don't rotate too deep, you have you know your number one corner is your number one corner, your number two corner is your number two corner. If either of them doesn't play 95% of the snaps, one of them probably twisted an ankle or something. That's just the way the NFL game works. And so you know, number one corner, he's fast, he's not strong. Boom. How do you take advantage of that? And that's what you know every time you look out there and see which receiver he's lined up on. You say, okay, I know the report on this guy. When you have five different guys rotating in at safety there's a lot to keep in your head and at some point you just say like we can't we can't think through all of this we just need to play football you know it's a it's a challenge it's a challenge they're very multiple not only in their formations but in who they put on the field they uh they do have some stars though and now i want to tell you about a few a few names to know on this defense going into this game saturday Let's start with the sophomore linebacker, uh Darian Butler. He played a lot as a true freshman last year. He's a he's he's a strong kid. You know, that's that's what he is known for. He's a run stuffer. He uh may not be the strongest in uh coverage, but he's he's a great tackler, you know. He's only five foot eleven, but he's two hundred and forty pounds. He's part of a trio of linebackers actually coming back. All three starters from last year, Um, and all three are sophomores. True sophomores. They were all on the squad last year as, for, uh, maybe not. I, th- I think one of them actually is a redshirt. But uh, you know, Darian Butler, seventy tackles, uh, sack, seven tackles for loss. That's his game. Um. And he's going to be one of the guys charged with stopping the Buffs' running game. Uh, moving on to the defensive line, they have a uh, sophomore, Jermaine Lowell, who has looked very good so far this season. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned he's a sophomore, but he's a sophomore. Uh, Five tackles for a loss as a true freshman. Uh, Three sacks. He wasn't a starter last year. I think he started like three or four games, but as a pass rusher, he's he's solid at this point with a very high ceiling. You know, he has a decent build at 6'2" 284, he's a guy who you could kind of see making it to the next level. He's just young and he's he's a scary scary guy. Um and then really what makes this defense so strong is that they have players at all three levels. Um Lowell on the defensive line, the three sophomore, uh, returning linebackers, uh, especially Darian Butler, and then in the secondary, um, two corners that, I'm I, I am very high on, Ashari Crosswell, a sophomore, Chase Lucas, a junior. Uh, Chase Lucas was lined up on LaVisca Chenault for most of last year. You might remember LaVisca Chenault scored all four of the Colorado touchdowns. In the 2018 edition of this game. Um, Matchup to watch again for sure. They might put Crosswell on him Just because Crosswell is a little bit bigger guy. Both returning starters. Um, you know they, they list. I think they list three corners as starters. All three returning. It's. They, they've got a lot of guys. They've got. A lot of guys, and and they're young. That's the thing. I mean, you go through and see sophomore, sophomore, senior, sophomore, 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 senior, junior, senior, sophomore, redshirt freshman. It's it's a pretty young group, but they do have experience. Even these younger guys, uh, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven returning starters on this defense. Who knows whether they hold up throughout the season? Maybe just knowing what they're doing and having so much experience means that they can carry over what they did last year easier than other opposing offenses can carry over. You know, they might not be growing as much as their opponents, but as of right now, this defense is one of the best in the country. You know, they've given up seven points per game. Yikes. Uh, as always, the, the key for this defense will be stopping LaVisca Chenault. Um I don't have anything new to add to that. We'll see if they bracket him. We'll see if they trust one of these guys in single coverage. Maybe they have the safety cheat a little bit that way. Who knows? I mean, there are, we've seen most teams try to just take LaVisca out and play the rest of the team straight up. And... They've had some success. You know, the The Buffs offense has been slow to start. I, the, the Arizona State defense actually hasn't given up any points in the first half, so that's not a great combination for the Buffaloes. Got to see it play out on the field, though. Um, talented defense from top to bottom. Maybe not a defense we expected to be this good, but I guess they are. So... I, th- I think that that's everything that we really need to cover when talking about this Colorado Arizona State game that'll be on at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. in Arizona, uh, Saturday night on the Pac 12 network. Oh, I do think we had a comment on yesterday's show before we get out of here. Um, like I said, also be paying attention to the other sports that are playing in Colorado. You know, we have this off weekend, real off weekend. We haven't talked about the bye week at all. I guess we can do that during the bye week. But but this would be a huge win. You know, being able to go into that bye week three and one, have half the wins you need to uh, earn bowl eligibility just makes you so much more confident than going into that week two and two with a tough schedule, uh, looking ahead you know they have arizona at home definitely a winnable game a game that i as of right now would like to say uh colorado will win but then they're on the road at oregon at washington state two tough games home against usc on a friday night game it's going to be it's going to be tough to beat this usc team you thought after uh jt daniels went down they might roll over that hasn't been the case at ucla a game they should win home against Stanford. You don't really know. I, I still don't have a good read on the Stanford team. Um, By week home against Washington at Utah. You know, you see those Arizona games and the, uh, so say Arizona, UCLA, those are games. The buff should win. That puts them at five wins. If they can uh, pull this one out against Arizona state, and then they need to pull an upset Oregon, Washington state, USC, Stanford, Washington, Utah. They'll have opportunities, but it isn't an easy path. A game against Arizona State. They've looked like one of the three best teams in the South, but it's still early. It's a young team. Buffs have a lot of talent as well. So we'll see what that looks like. A comment from Elrod on the last show. He said, I enjoyed this podcast with Lynn. A little shaky at first, but once he got comfortable, I liked a lot of his Pac-12 takes. Looking forward to future weekly episodes and glad I discovered the stay alive and power five site. Great college football content. I'm glad you enjoyed hearing from Lynn. Definitely going to try to get him on at some point. You know, I met him at the buffs media day. We were just like standing around, got to talking. Um, it's impressive stuff. Like I said, yesterday, or that wasn't yesterday. Draft Paul was yesterday, Wednesday, uh, he works hard, he works really hard, you know, I, I wonder how many miles he puts on that car, how many airline miles he racks up, because, I mean, it's not like he just drove out here for Colorado Media Day, he's going up to Penn State, going all around the country to all these different media days, um, it's impressive stuff, and, and he knows what to do with the information he gets, definitely check out stayliveinpower 5com definitely want to have Lynn on again at some point, you know, I met him at or not Pac-12, Buffs Media Day. Wanted to get him on the show. We talked a little bit. Schedules got busy. Then ran to him again at the Nebraska game. Figured we had to make something happen. And both of us were really busy, but we just said like, hey, Arizona State Week, let's figure something out then because who better to talk to about the Pac-12 conference? Glad you enjoyed it. We'll have him back on soon. Um, I'll be back sometime this weekend with... A post-game pod. Really hate these late-night starts. They make it tough to get all of my work done—writing um, stories, recording the podcast. But it will be up uh, Sunday. We will be going to Ice House to watch the Broncos-Packers game at 11 a.m. Ice House, uh, downtown Denver. If you guys are looking for somewhere to watch the Bronco game, or maybe vent or hype up the buffs, depending on how this weekend goes, come on down we'll talk some buffs, talk some Broncos too. I, you know, maybe they'll be worth talking about tomorrow. Who knows? Um, should be a blast. I know, I think RK will be there. I think Zach Stevens might be there. I think Mace is the only one traveling to the game from that crew. I really shouldn't just speculate here. Um, I'd guess Allie will be there. Who knows? Maybe dre will be there. I'll figure all that out. Uh, hopefully you will be there as well. That's what I really care about. Um, let's get a nice buff showing. Yeah, uh, I guess I haven't made a prediction. I'll say Arizona State wins this. <sighs> I don't like that anymore. I, I picked Arizona State on the draft pod, and I've kind of regretted it since. I just don't see how they're going to score any points, and I don't see how LaVisca Chenault alone, if you just give him the ball, he doesn't make something happen. You know what? I'm actually going to take the buffs. I'm going to take the buffs in this one. Call it call it 14-13, an ugly football game a Mel Tucker type of football team game. You know, they're going to come back from the defeat against Air Force when they kind of looked a little shaky and button things down, be physical, be fast, make good decisions, limit the big plays, and, you know, this is going to be one of these iconic Mel Tucker games at Colorado. Um, Because he will have his team ready to bounce back from this loss and things are not going to just break their way they're going to have to grind and and outfight the other team because that's what Arizona State wants to do and that's not something that Colorado has really been challenged to do even when they beat Nebraska who's typically that kind of team they beat them with some flash and some speed you know this kind of stuff this is just going to be a big physical football game Look for Jaron Mangum to have a big day. Look for LaVisca Chenault to have a big day. Um, And look for Nate Landman to break out of his slump. Look for him to get a couple of tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Um, End some drives. That's how I'm going to say it. Watch for him and Davion Taylor. He's going to be my other one. Uh, Watch for those two to end some drives for Arizona State. Um, Yeah. Hopefully, that's how it goes. I can definitely see it going that way. I could see it going another way, but this feels right to me, so I'm going to go with it. Uh, What I say? 14-13 Colorado, another tight one, and this time the buffs pull it out going into the bye week. Uh, As always, thanks for riding with me. If you have any comments you want to leave, I'll read them on Monday's show and uh, leave them on the body or in the comment, not on the body of the post. How would you even do that? The comment section of the post on bsndenver.com. You can only leave the comments if you're a subscriber, so also subscribe. Um, I haven't asked you guys to give us five stars on iTunes recently. I try to only do that when I have (laughs) good content to give you, and today felt like a pretty good show, a very important show for bus fans who want to know what they're doing. Uh, Drop us a review or something. Really appreciate that stuff. Helps us grow this community that starting to take off a little bit and i feel good about it and i feel good about your buffs too so let's keep this going and there's some big stuff happening at bsn next week that i'm excited to share with you uh that is it for today um oh i'm gonna plug one more thing there's that young alumni thing that the buffs do If you're interested in that, I think it's something like $50 a year, half off the normal rate. If you're 22 to 30, don't even have to be an alumni of the school. Uh, You can help support Ralphie and get access to some other cool things, I believe. And the phone number and email address of the contact for that will be in the body of this post as well. Also posted in the description of this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen and say silver buff and ben bechter sent you because they i don't really know why but because they said that they would appreciate if i said that uh support them they support us uh we want to support you too uh again thanks for riding with me be back this weekend uh bye guys
0: 180 Speed and pass Competence and see you later, baby, baby. Colorado yeah. Army With soldiers like the Navy yeah. And boat is where we station, patiently awaiting Boy. When I hit the field It's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swagging As the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes I can tell that you a frightened uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Hey, hey. You on your own now Why you watchin' the official Chuk. You just better hope you make it To the next whistle God. And we playin' with ya You can get it anytime We yeah. start at the scrimmage We gon' win it at the last My Colorado swag get in the middle Team at the I team. think they like my, my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it black, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado swag, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag Have you ever seen a? I'm boating Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams coming follow. My Colorado sway, cause when I'm in it black, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act, and when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad, holla get a bust with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.